Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, mm. I have umbrage to take with myself and our whole podcast, which is our titles lately yeah. have been very, very unlucky. Basically, yeah. three consecutive weeks, we said to buy two Tottenham midfielders, and then neither of them did anything that week. We told everybody to buy Hesse, who has not done much since, although Stoke have admittedly True. uh and then last week we told everybody to drop drop de bruyne he finally shows up gets two assists plays in a much further forward position uh what are we gonna do about that i feel like we're losing clout no i think it's just uh our naming of episodes is more uh we're, we're more of a broad broad stroke instead of a finite pen now mm. you know we try to i don't know who it's who cares? What's the difference? It's just the name of a show. The, the, the content is in the show. You don't, you're not going to go to and see a, if somebody writes a book and you're like, oh, I don't like the title of the book. And you re, oh, read the book and you're like, wow, this is the greatest book ever. And the name of the book is like uh, Tree, Gas Station, uh, Sneaker Pump. You know, who, who cares? Uh, I mean, it's a fair point, although it leads into a pet peeve of mine, which is everybody saying to not judge a book by the cover because it's literally somebody's job to design those covers. To oh, get you to read those books. Yeah, yep. media, media geniuses, media geniuses <laughs> from across the broad space of this planet try to uh, incorporate the best words and pictures and titles. Made it made Fabio what he is. Wait, what? On covers of books, it made Fabio. You know, Fabio the model was Fabio. on covers of books. Yeah, he was a model for those uh, those trashy romance novels. Oh wow! See, things, there you go. Things you learn. You're welcome. <laughs> Families and people at home. <laughs> and when you say Fabio, you mean the ex-Manchester United right back. Yes, not his twin brother. <laughs> yeah, not Raphael, who is he? Yeah. Or Donatello. Or the other turtles. <laughs> Man, that just went through a whole lot of bits. Uh, let us know in the comments below if you followed any of that. <laughs> we went from romance novels to cartoons yep. to maybe artists. Yeah. Who knows? There we you might go. be multi-syllabic. <laughs> Renaissance artists. Definitely what people expect when they tune into our show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, getting a little bit more on topic, the big news today as we go to record is Paul Pogba, who, if any of you are playing Champions League games, probably got a real big bullet to your chances because Paul Pogba pulls up with a hamstring injury. He leaves uh, the stadium on crutches. Not too surprising considering, you know, he's a multi-million pound athlete. Um, so you figure they'd take precautions, but, uh, it, it sounds like he's going to miss the weekend. Um, and this, this is why, uh, just full disclosure, uh, we kind of wanted to record the show tomorrow, but with a Friday match, 
there's only a limited amount of days we can get this in before uh, we have Premier League matches again. But keep an eye on all these Champions League matches. Even if you're not a big fan of the Champions League or even if you don't have a team in the Champions League, this is why you have to kind of stay connected is because stuff like this can happen. So before you do anything we say from this point forward, wait until you see what happens in the Wednesday Champions League matches. Wait and see who plays. Wait and see who's rotated. Wait and see if anybody gets hurt. Um, and then go from there. But back to the specific Pogba thing, it ends up being a really good substitution by Mourinho because Pogba was replaced by Fellaini, who, of course, scored the first goal in this match. With Pogba now out, likely for this week, potentially two to three weeks, A, are you getting rid of him? I would assume so. And B, if so, what kind of players are you looking at as potential replacements for Pogba, who is currently very highly owned? Yeah, he's one of the most owned midfielders in the game, you know, currently at 38.7%. Prior to his injury, it's funny, uh, 79,000 people have brought him in. Uh, I think I just read... uh, Oh, before before today's match? Before, but up for this game week, 79,000 transfers in. Uh, I think I read a a funny stat on uh, one of the good, uh, you know, transfer blogs that are out there. Um, 2.3% of those 79,000 transfers in or out for for have were for Mane and Pogba swapping for each other. Oh so, no! So from two point three percent of Mane's transfers <laughs> out were for Pogba in. Um, so if anybody knows math, two point three percent of seventy nine thousand is you know Blank. more than more than equals Y. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so the the it's funny with eight point with with Pogba's price tag at eight dot whatever he is currently. What is he eight two? I believe. Um, Might be up to three it, now. I think he went up. Again. He's eight, yeah, he's he's eight, eight three. Yeah. So I mean, that opens a lot of doors through the midfield. Um, you know, the, the easiest transfer that you can look at, and it opens basically the Man United door because you know, as people are well aware, you're only allowed three people from every team. So if you don't own Pogba and Mkhitaryan and Lukaku or some you know facet of you know those three, uh, and you want to maybe a Manchester United defender. Uh, it opens up a third possibility for United. So if you don't own Mkhitaryan, that's the basically the easiest transformation. You go from Pogba to Mkhitaryan. But there's a big conundrum there. Mkhitaryan played a full 90 today. Um, is he going to bounce right back and play a full 90 on Sunday? I don't know. I can't say that he will. I can't say that he won't. But the possibility is there that he may not. So that's the first you know, inkling of you know transfer doom that we go through because you basically want to stay at the same team because both guys are basically fantasy awesome right now. So that's the first one. Then you can look across to, to what Spurs have. You know, I know you're listening to the show and you may be listening to it right now and there's Champions League playing on your TV and there's two options there, you know, Ali and Erickson. You know, their game is a day later and they play a day earlier than yeah. Manchester United. They play on Saturday. So there's that transfer conundrum there as well. Um, you know, and the game on Friday kind of speeds things up this week. So, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna transfer out Paul Pogba and uh, hamstring yourself. I think to like a, a one-off player or somebody who's a, a, a definite downgrade from a fantasy standpoint. Um, for the midfielders right now, the most the midfielders being in brought them in the most. Uh, Erickson, Ducare, Chupa Moting, Salah, De Bruyne, Pascal Gross, Angola Conte. Henrik Mkhitaryan. Those are the top 10 right now. Mm. Out of those, um, four of those are salary dumps. I would say Dukare, Chupamoding, 
Gross and Conte are probably on the salary dump side to get people yeah. under where they need to be. So that leaves Kevin De Bruyne, Mkhitaryan, which I've already covered, and Mo Salah and Ericsson. But Ericsson is probably owned by you or, you know, is probably more owned than I would say anybody else on that list. De Bruyne is still still lying in the weeds. He had a good game last week, two assists. He's still pricey, though. He's still 9.9. That's not an immediate easy jump to go from Pogba to Kevin De Bruyne, mm. who have a and, – and Man City has an excellent matchup this week. They're playing Watford. But don't sleep on Watford. They've got three clean sheets against, you know, not very and good. I think Watford forward. at home, right, which is where yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, – yeah, so where was I? So it's either Ericsson, De Bruyne, Salah, or McTarrion. McTarrion, I think, is is probably off off the register. I think that you, I don't think you can risk that he's not going to play. Uh, what he's, I will say about McTarrion there, though, is that the two people who could take his job also played today. Yeah. Um, because Martial and Mata both got the start, and then obviously yep. uh, Lingard came on as did um, Rashford. Rashford, yeah. So so basically, everybody that could take his job also played. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would agree with you that, that there is more risk there. I really like the Salah shout because the mm-hmm. the, the Mane suspension from yep. the Premier Opens League means lot. he's definitely going to be playing in the Champions League, which but should he play, mean... Yeah, but he plays tomorrow, and we don't know how long he's going to play, if he starts, if he subs in. Oh, Salah in particular? Yeah, True. so that, that opens up another another kind of... Same thing with De Bruyne, who plays tomorrow yeah. as well. Basically, every usable high price option that you could possibly... Go from Paul Pogba at his 8.3 to to transfer in that is probably equal or greater talent from a fan's perspective. Plays tomorrow. You know, mm. Salah, De Bruyne, Victorian played today, Ericsson plays tomorrow. I think those are the four. Maybe maybe even Della Ali if you want to throw him in there, but he's not being transferred in as much. Yeah. You know, it, it's just the the Champions League is in full effect right now, and the rotations are, are going to be, you know, we're going to be sitting on our hands hopefully, you know, or crossing our fingers or doing some kind of, of luck dragon. <laughs> We're going to be calling the never, reading the never-ending story. And doing looking, some kind of extremity-based activity. Yes, um, looking, looking for the luck dragon. <laughs> Do you think it would be worth taking a minus four and downgrading from some elite forward to bring in Hazard? Because it seems like there are a lot more trustworthy forwards right now than midfielders. Yeah. Would you be willing to take a step down at forward and then bring in Hazard with that money? I mean, Hazard, as we saw today, he only played 32 minutes. Um, it's basically he's just getting into the flow of Chelsea games. Um, Chelsea does have a good game this week. I mean, it's not really a good game, but if you want to, unless you're an Arsenal fan, and then, <laughs> you know, it's basically good. So, you know, I well, mean, yeah, Hazard, anyway, let me let me spell out specifically what I'm saying. Would you take somebody like, uh, probably not Morata, because it seems like he's definitely going to start, but say you have Lukaku, maybe you just don't believe he's going to be able to keep it up. Would you rather have. Lukaku and one of those guys that you mentioned mm-hmm. of Ericsson or McTarian or um, um, Salah or somebody like that? Or would you rather switch and go with somebody like Vardy, who is somehow under the radar still, despite scoring all these goals, and Vardy. then Hazard paired with him? Or is your yeah. concern still Hazard's minutes? I mean, if you're playing this week as a one-off, this this is actually a, a two-part question. I'm going to turn this into a direct two-part question. Yeah, if If you... If you were playing this week as a one-off situation, if you're playing this and you still have your wild card in hand, I think that you play this to the to the best matchups possible. I think Alvaro Morata is is the is an is a knotted on guy this week because what we saw he didn't even play. Um, the other guys are all all of risk of being rotated out, and Pog was out already. So you have Ali, Eriksson, you know, De Bruyne, Salah, all the, all the Champions League you know midfielders that are involved. 
that you basically you covet for your fantasy team. Um, you know, Jamie Vardy, it, like you said, I don't understand. He actually his price actually went down. When we get he'll get be he, he went down to eight five now. So I mean, and and his next fixtures, forget it. He's, he's just good. But we're gonna get into that later. But yeah, so I mean, I play. I'm personally playing this as a one off week. I'm bringing in the best available talent that I can match up have the best matchups I think that are going to give me an ascertaining fantasy advantage this week over everyone else. Now the Pogba injury kind of throws a monkey wrench in it because I wasn't planning on transferring him out, but now I'm going to have to transfer him out. Um, you know, for everybody else's team, if, if you trust Lukaku to keep going, fine. If you want to keep, you know, rewarding yourself with the value that he's giving you because his prices keep going up and up and up and adding value to your team, then that's fine. You know, there's there's tons of forwards out there that are going to give value. You know, Firmino is on a rotation risk. Uh, Kane, Probably not on a. I, I don't think he's probably going to be on a rotation risk, but there's still the possibility that he may get hurt or be a rotation risk. So basically, there's a lot of players that are in the fan, FPL universe right now that are are just you know being hemmed in by by the rotation risk of the Champions League. And don't forget, Arsenal and Everton still play on Thursday, so that adds another you know level of you know concern to the to the transfers in and transfers out. Yeah, and that's going to be a super quick turnaround from after that match on Thursday to rosters locking on Friday. Yeah, thank God those teams play both play on Sunday. Um, so, but um, but yeah, like you said, there's like literally 24 hours in between lost or rock when lost roster lock from the from when that game kicks off. So yeah, yeah. So best of luck to everybody out there. Yeah. It's it's kind of a tough one this week. So just you know, hang in there, believe in yourselves, don't let your dreams be dreams, etc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, go find go find one of those motivational cat posters and put it on your wall. Yeah, um, we've already talked about some um, potential rotation risks thus far, including McTarian. A uh, couple that I want to talk to you specifically at Chelsea. Um, mm. Willian seems the most at risk if Hazard comes back. And what are you making currently of this whole Victor Moses Zappacosta thing thus far? Well, I think since we didn't see Moses in the first Champions League game, I think that they're probably going to be on a flip flop schedule. Um, Moses and Zappacosta. I think Zappacosta got the first game. Um, I think Moses probably will play over the weekend, and then Zappacosta will play again uh, in the in the second leg of the of the Champions League game on Wednesday, I believe, when they play. Mm. Um, so I think they're just going to keep flip flopping games until the schedule reverts back into their favor, and Zappacosta is actually his his time to play is in the Premier League. So then when he's in the Premier League, Moses is in the Champions League. So I think they continue to flip-flop, and it, and it stinks because it's, they steal value from each other. Um, William, I think that he is the, the direct um, sub for, for Hazard. I think when Hazard is ready to go, Hazard is going to play most of the games. I think William is that that super sub kind of guy because he can go in and basically play three three positions for Chelsea up top. You know, he could spell Pedro, he could spell... Uh, if if they don't need another forward, they can downplay and and bring him on, um, and he can also go in the middle and take and and sub for Fabregas. So I think that Williams' value is basically he has more positions. Where I think this is Zappa Costa and Moses are basically stealing from each other. Hmm. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens there. The other one that I think is worth looking at since they got rid of Kalechi Hianacho is Manchester City. Because currently mm-hmm. they're playing two strikers up front. Do you think that they can continue doing that in both competitions? Or that Ooh. eventually we'll see a split between the Premier League and the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I kind of hope that they play, keep playing both because there's going to be tons of value there. And by them two guys playing all the time, it, it doesn't give you a, all right, I'm going with the Man City forward because there's two of them. And you're, there's no way that you're going to be running both out. So you're running a gamut against yourself and, and the other owners. You know, the only bad thing is that, you know, 
if they do both play every game, you know, the selection of you getting the right one right every week is not in your favor. So, I mean, the ownership there is, is it, they're, they're spiking now because of what, what's, what they just saw in the last week and they see Watford on the table now. Um, yeah, I, I hope that they keep playing only because it gives a, you know, it kind of levels the playing field for owning a city forward for now. Yeah, it just kind of seems like a, a mess over there, and I'm not too thrilled about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we also mentioned Arsenal's Thursday night match. The only thing I'm worried about there potentially long term is what's going to happen with Kolasinac, because we've already seen Wenger drop him in a weird situation before, and I don't know if he intends on doing like a him and Monreal thing going forward. Hopefully not. Hopefully he learned his lesson already. That's the other one I was a little bit concerned about. Um, I, w- I was uh, I was concerned that you brought up Arsenal and then you had this long little like lead up and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, he's going to start talking about Danny Welbeck. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about Danny Welbeck because he is in my start sits and he, I won't tell you. Which he's in my one. start sits too. Ooh, I bet we disagree again. <laughs> no, no. All right, fair enough. Nah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who can say if I've been changed for the better? But. Oh Jesus! Because you I act, knew you. You actually supporting an Arsenal? For, oh. I have been changed for good. Yeah, that's a wicked reference on a fantasy soccer podcast. Wow. Where else are you going to hear that? Not nowhere. That's that's what that's what I'm saying. All right, I'm going to stop talking now. Hey, who's had their prices change? Um, price changes are kind of like little downtrend. I think everybody's waiting for the Champions League week. I bet you Thursday after the. The Arsenal, you know, game. I think that's when a lot of the transfers are happening. Whether that correlates to go prices going up that night or before the games actually start, I don't think it may. So I think it's going to be a, a slow week for price changes. Um, the Pogba injury is definitely going to is definitely going to change some some ownership levels on the mid, through the midfield and through the forward ranks. I think people are you know robbing Peter to pay Paul at certain positions and vice versa. So uh, on the price ups, it's kind of slow. There's only five total. So it's uh, Schindler from Huddersfield. Uh, anybody that saw Huddersfield, they just they just lost, and they gave up their first goals this season. So Schindler being brought in, um, you know, maybe maybe they're buying in a, a game late. I don't get it, but anyway, uh, Ben Davis has gone up. You know, he's also a rotation risk. Who knows? Who yeah, knows what happens? Danny with Rose isn't I fit. I, th- I think yeah, he's fine so, for now. Yeah, I don't. I I agree. Also, I think Davies for the for the money right now. I think is the best defender in the in the FPL. How's that? I'll even I'll even say that out loud. Uh, Christian Eriksen's gone up. No duh. Uh, Decore for Watford has gone up. He's got two goals and three clean sheets and now has City. Good job, people, transferring him in. Uh, and the only forward to go up, bizarrely, is Sam Vokes, who is basically being outpointed by Chris Wood right now for Burnley. Um, I don't get it. In just but, two matches. Yeah. So I don't get it, but people have people do weird things early on in the week, and it, and it sways the, the transfer market. So, But that's that's the way this game goes. So on the downs, there's a lot more downs because I think people are shifting out and just you know getting pieces in. Uh, still, still no go. There was no goal ki- no gla- no goalkeeper down this week, or no defenders that have gone of significance that have gone down. Uh, through the midfield, I'm just going to bring out some big names. Andres Townsend's gone down. They have a new skipper in town. Who cares? Andres Townsend is not an official game asset. Other games, play Taga, draft formats, sure. Uh, Sadio Mane's gone down. Red card. Uh, he's got over. He's close to 400,000 transfers out now. Um, people are diversifying. They're going to Ericsson. They're going to you know the cheaper route, Salah and and the likes of like that. Um, and Jamie Vardy has gone. I met gone down. I mentioned that before. He's now 8.5. Uh, Jamie Vardy is the fifth highest scoring forward yep. in the official game right now. He has three goals. Um, 
I don't personally get this. Um, I think that Jamie Vardy is a, is a good buy right now because he's the one rot- non-rotation risk for any of the Champions League or Europa League forwards that are above him in scoring or even below him. Uh, check out his next six, uh, five games. Huddersfield, Liverpool, Bournemouth, West Brom, Swansea. Those mm-hmm. are his next five. And then the two after that, Everton and Stoke. He's got three home and four away games. Um, that's the next seven games. Um, that's pretty significant that he's going to be, you know, he, he's 8.5. His value is what it is. We know what Jamie Vardy is. He's not He's not Jamie Vardy of two years ago. He's not the Jamie Jamie Vardy of last year. Can we hope for something in between? Sure. Yeah. At, eight, at 8.5, I'm completely willing to gamble that Jamie Vardy will be something significant in those seven games. If he gets also, three he goals, wasn't he wasn't valueless last season. No. His no, price was a little high, but he still had, yeah. you know, plenty. Wait, 13 goals, eight assists? Is that right? Yeah. That's no. insane. Did he have that many assists? I thought he only had a cut. I didn't think he had that many assists, but I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, he said on it. his player page, it says 13 and eight. Yeah, there you go. That is very close to what Firmino did last season. Yeah. I mean, Firmino had 11 and 11, so it just balanced. 13 and 8, 161 points. He finished in the top top 10 scoring for folks. Yeah. Again, so I mean, Jamie Vardy still has value. And look at the fixtures that are on his plate. And at 8.5, with rotation risks like Firmino, Lukaku, Murata, Kane, Lacazette. Uh, you know, if you're still on anybody in the Everton striker strike force, Rooney, that I don't know why you would be. I just don't know why I even said that. <laughs> any of the any any of the city forwards, you know, yeah. they, they they play another Champions League game next week. Then they have a two week break, and then they play two more. You know, by that time, Jamie Vardy's only going to be on week five of this whole stretch, and he's going to play every single game unless he gets dinged or injured or has a niggle. But yeah. Jamie Vardy for the next seven games at eight out five is is. My striker a la carte right now. Yeah, I like it, man. As I mentioned earlier in the, the potential Pogba things, I think that's a very legitimate way to, to pair somebody with another 8.5 and then just swap where mm-hmm. the money is between your front line and your midfielders. Um, yeah. Yeah, love, love your Vardy shot there. And then another surprising uh, player that's gone down is Sergio Aguero has gone down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it's people just you know trying to you know steal money to get Kane in. I think that's probably what it is because mm. like, it's a, it's more of a direct transfer to Kane or you know if you don't own Lukaku or maybe you're downshifting and saving money to go to Morata or if you have some trust in Lacazette more. I, it doesn't matter to me, but I, Sergio Aguero going down is. Sergio Aguero is one of those players that you you buy and you sit on for weeks and weeks and weeks until he hatches and then he basically blows up your fantasy team. Oh, for, this seems like a perfect goodness. opportunity to break out my old Pedro Alvarez. <laughs> there you go. Has, I don't think he's been mentioned in the first four four or five podcasts. I know it's been done. a while, but for those yeah. the, for those that don't remember the old Pedro Alvarez analogy or who like baseball and can't possibly understand why I think this is like Pedro Alvarez. <laughs> um, back in the day, he used to hit between twenty five and thirty home runs. The issue was that they came in streaks, so you basically just had to own him all season to get all of those. Because otherwise, if you dropped him and picked him up after a streak, you're already missing out on like a fifth of the home runs he was going to score this year. And I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that's that's kind of the Aguero situation. Is if if you're an Aguero owner, you just need to bite the bullet and just ride it. Wait it he'll, out because he'll end with 20 goals. Yeah, I mean so. he's already got two. He's got two and four. So yeah. Had a I mean, goal and an assist in this last match. He's just very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? And there's a lot of risk with, with City players. You know, they're going to boom or bust. They're going to score five goals in some games. And then they're going to crap the bed some games and only score one. 
And then he, they have another significant forward who's who's owned basically about the same. Jesus is owned in 9.3 leagues percent of leagues, and Aguero's owned in 9.9 percent of leagues. So basically, if you put them together, that's a 19 percent ownership for 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 the Man City forwards yeah. of of people being of people committing money that kind of money to forwards. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh... What happens with those city guys? Again, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing some rotation, but yeah, I mean, I it's, trying to trying to guess what Pep Guardiola is going to do just feels like a fruitless endeavor. I, I just feel like this week is the week that they're going to do a rotate. They'll do a rotation thing because they are looking at it as well. I think if we can't beat Watford with what we can bring off the bench yeah. to to like solidify what we are. Then, then we have depth issues. And well, they we do have a, depth issues. Getting rid I, I of Mikel Nacho, I just did not understand. And it's not yeah. even like they have somebody like they had Nolito last year who can do a stint up front if he has to. Mm-hmm. They they have left themselves very thin at that position, yeah. considering yeah. how much money they spent. I mean, they could play Sterling up top by himself. So, oh. I mean, yeah, you know, but it can happen. You know, I'm saying, you know, they still and they really haven't, you know, deployed Leroy Sané the way that we all thought he would be. Um, you know, Gundogan is still still lying in the weeds somewhere. Yeah. I think, we think he may be lurking. <laughs> he may be lurking. There's a Gundogan on the loose. <laughs> just, just so, somebody go find us a Gundogan. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I'm I am worried about that that forward yeah. situation. Um, all right. Well, that will take us uh, into the break, and then we'll come back with some start sits. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool, and we are back here talking to you about whom you should start and or sit. Um, for me, up front, just diving straight into it, I'm going with Joselu at 5.5, 0.4% owned. I mean, you can't get a lower-priced, bigger differential uh, mm-hmm. if you tried. Currently tied for the most shots on target in the Premier League right now. Has done it in one less match than Lukaku and Kane and Mohamed Salah? Question mark. Not sure why he's there. Um, next two matches against Stoke and Brighton. Neither have been too terrifying defensively thus far, although admittedly Brighton did just get their first clean sheet and Stoke have been up against some pretty tough competition. But uh, if you're looking for, you know, we always talk about price dumps in midfield and defender. If you're looking for a price dump up front, it seems like Joselu is the perfect way to go there. Um, in midfield, uh, we talked about him already a little bit. I'm, I'm going with Mohamed Salah. I think he is definitely going to get his minutes now um, with Mane out. Of the Premier League, uh, we should wait. Well, <laughs> we you should wait. The person listening to this until after the Wednesday Champions League match is over, just to see how he was used. Um, but I really like Salah in this period. Uh, should um, be pretty decent. The next three: Burnley, Newcastle, 
and Leicester. Uh, not horrible thus far, have Burnley and Newcastle been. Um, Leicester, much less so. I think they're 18th right now in defense. But uh, yeah, I really like Salah. Although Coutinho could be a sneaky one. If Salah plays all of tomorrow and Coutinho doesn't, Coutinho played on the left wing at times last season in that front three. That, that, that could be an interesting return. And yeah. if Coutinho became legitimate again, what does he price at? Nine, if memory serves? I should know that. Mm. 8.8. 8.8. Just saying, that, that's, that could be a sneaky potential Pogba one if it you're willing be. to wait another week. Could be Coutinho's first introduction into the EPL this year. That's a good call. Yeah, that, that could be a real sneaky, interesting one. Um, in defense, you already mentioned Ben Davis. He's very obvious. How about a guy that you and I liked about two years ago in Cresswell? He had oh. 19 crosses on Monday. Yeah. He's... 19. He's now obviously top five in accurate crosses and chances created. The question here is, because in DFS, you and I have kind of come to this recent – um, place where we're willing to take defenders who have high attacking potential because the clean sheet isn't worth that many points in that format. But in this format, clean sheets are worth a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to take on a player like Cresswell who has shown a lot in attack thus far, knowing that the defensive capability and the defensive clean sheet likelihood aren't that high? Uh, like you said, in DFS and other formats like that, I'm all over it because the, the returns are well, well above the investment. The only bad thing about West Ham's defense is um, you know, they've given up eight goals in four games. And, and one fix- of them was a clean sheet. <laughs> you know, and their fixtures are West Brom away, Spurs home, Swansea home, Swansea home Burnley away. So basically you're bringing in Cresswell to use for one week, and then you're going to sit I don't him. know. I, I, you're going to play him I against Spurs those at four. home. No, I played oh, yeah. three of those four. Though. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but you're going to bring him in this week to play against West Brom, and then you're going to sit him next week at Spurs when his price tag is 5.0, when there's four, when there's useful 4.5 guys right yeah. now and, and useful 5.0 guys. And you're playing him on a defense that still features guys like Jose Font and Pedro <laughs> Zavala, and Pablo Zavaleta. And Who is Ag- way too Ana, old. And Arthur Masawaku and, you know, James Collins. I mean... I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, it's no coincidence. James Collins, you know, first for finally got a full ninety, and they got a clean sheet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all I'm saying is also they shouldn't have gotten rid of James Tompkins ever. Although, admittedly, he is never fit. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was that was my sneaky one. I see what your point is. Maybe use this as a two week test period. Keep That's an eye on Cresswell. See what he does over the next two weeks. If he has a decent performance against Tottenham, who are very good going both directions. Yeah. And consider bringing him in after that. I think it's a great shout. Uh, yeah. So for you, who are you starting and sitting? Um, I'll start up top. Uh, we, we meant, I mentioned his name in the, the price ups and price downs, but I'm going the opposite there. I don't, I don't get the, the love for Sam Vokes. So I'm going to give the tout to Chris Wood, uh, hey. 6.5, 6.5 owned in 1.1% of leagues. Um, you know, Liverpool are, are the basic def- definition of ebb and flow defense. Um, they are going to rotate on defense because they're just not very good defensively, and their defenders are probably going to be worn out from the Champions League game. Uh, you know, if you're looking to strike lightning in a bottle here with uh, with a striker that has, you know, potential to be low owned and score a goal, I mean, Liverpool is a team that likes to give up goals. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not buying that they're the clean sheet or get blown out team. I think they're going to get you know they're going there's going to be games where they score and the other team scores, and I think this is one of those games uh, through the midfield. Um, 
we talked about Leicester forwards with uh, Jamie Vardy before. I'm going to go to a Leicester midfielder here, and um, I'm going to go with Riyad Mahrez only because, his, only because his ownership is just, just downtrodden, and people have that 8.3 in the bank right now, and they're looking for an option that is similarly priced, that has a good matchup, and what do you know? Riyad Mahrez is 8.5, and he's playing Huddersfield away. Huddersfield's coming off a, a, a game where they kind of look like they got exposed a little bit. I think that that game is going to be a telling factor for the Terriers' defense moving forward. So if you own a Terrier defender, I'm not saying that you should possibly you know, downshift to either – if you have two, you should downshift into one. If you have one, you should downshift to zero. I'm just saying just hedge your bets a little bit. I think that the what we saw from Huddersfield the first four games is is – kind of matriculating into what we're not going to see for the next four but that's that's just me from an observational perspective here uh i i like morris i think that he's due for something due for something good he's got point returns of 5 11 2 and 2 he's got three assists on the year um you know i think lester's going to do something in this game and i i i love vardy a lot this week and i didn't even mention him in my buys so because i talked a ton about him already <laughs> um i got two guys on defense they're they're kind of of opposite perspectives here my one guy that I really love is uh, – I like your new, Newcastle shout before for uh, just say Lou. Um, my defender is Jesus Gomez. Um, yeah. He's a 4.0 defender. Newcastle is still not fit. Um, he got two bonus points last week. He sat on eight total for the game. Um, Newcastle have a winnable fixture here against Stoke at home. Um, what we saw from Stoke I think was uh, the momentum of playing United at home and – you know, basically trying to stick it to, to Jose Mourinho. And then Mark Hughes basically stuck it to him by trying to ha- shake his hand and not get into the whole conundrum there or whatever. <laughs> but, but but Gomez at 4.0, we're all looking for a 4.0 defender that actually gets minutes. Uh, he is the new one right now. It went from, you know, long in the preseason to Chancel and Bemba a couple weeks ago, who plays on the same team, funny enough, to Gomez at 4.0. Uh, if, if you don't like a 4.0 defender and, and you don't think Gomez is going to get minutes there, Take a look at you know Javier Manquillo or Kieran Clark at 4.5. Mm. Still the same matchup, just a half a buck more expensive, but they're probably going to give you the same kind of return. I, I do like Newcastle in this fixture. Yeah, also I've been very annoyed by Rob Elliott and his insistence on keeping clean sheets Four, on my bench the last two weeks when West Brom yeah. haven't. Yeah, uh, West Brom, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Again. So, so, so moving on to my second defender. I know this is, this is going to be weird, and um, but Southampton this week. They faced Crystal Palace, who are in the midst of a turnover from Skipper. Um, their defense is just not awesome. Their offense is even worse. Um, my tout right now is for Virgil van Dyke at 5.4. He's never going to get any cheaper than he is right now. This is the, the buy-in point right now for Virgil van Dyke at 5.4. If you, look, if you own a 5.5 defender who is possibly in the Champions League in a Europa match, and their price is similar to Virgil van Dijk, you're going to get Virgil van Dijk for cheaper. Virgil van Dijk is still a very, very useful fantasy asset. At 5.4, owned at 1.6% of leagues. He's not getting any cheaper because there's no more ownership to go to, to ship him out for his price to go down. If he plays this week and he does well, which I think Southampton's probably going to blank Palace because I don't think Palace has anything right now, yeah, his price is only going to go up, and you bought it at an initial value. That's basically going to the dollar store, finding a $10 bill and paying a dollar for it is basically what I'm telling you what's going to happen. But anyway, so Virgil van Dyke is my is my sneaky good tout for F5.4. Like I said, he's not going to get any cheaper. Southampton are, are a very good defensive team when they come together as a collectiveness. So, I mean, you know, Cedric is good. Bertrand's great. 
Virgil van Dijk is probably the best. So look at look at a Southampton defender if you don't own one and you want to you know be cheeky and ahead of the market. Virgil van Dijk is my play. Uh, on to my sits. Um, sits are kind of obvious. Uh, Watford defense. They have three clean sheets in a row. Um, you know Marco Silva's doing the, his his little you know defensive trick there, but it's I think it's going to end this week against City, unfortunately, because they do have some value. Kiko Firmino is is my boy. Called him <laughs> last week. Um, did well. But uh, I think Watford defense are on the outs right now. Uh, on the midfield, uh, Alexis Sanchez. We don't know what's going to happen on Thursday if he plays or whatnot. But I'm not playing him anyway because he goes up against Chelsea on Sunday. And even if he plays Thursday, he's probably not going to play the whole game and get sat. And then he's playing against a, a team that probably is probably not going to allow him to do much in a Chelsea squad on Sunday. Uh, 11.9 is too much of a price to pay for someone who's an if. His ownership is 2.6. Nobody's buying him right now. Nobody's selling him. So he's basically going to sit there for a while and collect his thoughts. Uh, on the forwards, we mentioned it before. We preempted it, and we basically found out the hard way that me and Kevin basically have the same forward right now, and it is Danny Welbeck for Arsenal. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not buying it at all. He's got 50,000 transfers in uh, 7.5 price tag, 2.2% ownership. Um, if his if his transfers in keep going, his price is going to go up tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. So yeah, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, he's shown well. He's doing fantasy things, but if you really want to look at your team when you have all fifteen guys on there, and when you're trying to pick your team and go, yeah, I'm going to pick Danny Welbeck this game and feel confident about that. I I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm ending it on that because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll continue your Danny Welbeck point. Uh, he has two shots on target. Yay. And two goals. Yay. That is, for those playing at home, 100% shot conversion rate. That is, you know, above the average. Unsustainable. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people are that good except for Harry Kane. Um, the other issue here is the potential Alexis return, which would seemingly take Welbeck's place out of the squad anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not too... Uh, Excited on Danny Welbeck either. And both of them were such crap goals. <laughs> yeah. I, I know he just kind of does that. It's like trying to figure out chances created at West Brom. Where you know you can't <laughs> apply the usual metric to the situation. Welbeck just happens to score a lot of crap goals. But he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So yeah, not on board the Welbeck train. The midfielder I'm going with uh, is Leroy Sané. I think he's basically guaranteed to start in the Champions League tomorrow after his performance last weekend as a super sub in the Premier League. And I don't think he'll start again at the weekend. My question to you is, you mentioned Willian being one of these as well. It was obviously Martial to start the season. In the official format, are are we still all leaning away from these super sub guys? Yeah. I don't I don't think I don't hold them and think they have enough value even if they they sit they start at from week to week. Because their their price tags are for the big clubs are so middle of the middle of the road. You're better off uh, either punting or or gambling on somebody from a lesser team that has a you know a, a lower ownership and a spot on week. Yeah, completely completely agree with you, especially especially with prices involved. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's why Sane I'm out on. I think he's a very good player. He was misused to start the season. Obviously, was used correctly as a substitute last week, and you saw what he can do. I'm just very worried about the minutes right now. Um, in defense. Chelsea versus Arsenal is the obvious don't. Um, I think both have the chance of scoring against the other. But really, there are a lot of weird matchups this week. I'm not really that confident in many of the defenses this week. I'm going to hit you with 
what Rob always tells me I should do more, which is just follow your gut. None of mm-hmm. these are great matchups. Just looking at the sheet, none of them are great. Tottenham, mm-hmm. Swansea, maybe. Yeah. You know? But think, all these I other think... ones could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Southampton, you'd assume, have a decent matchup against Palace. But with a new manager, you know, they're, they've created a fair amount of chances. You'd expect them to get on the board. You just look down the list. Huddersfield, Leicester, both could score. Liverpool, Burnley, both could score. Newcastle, Stoke. That's eh, probably going to be boring, but both could score. Yeah. City, Watford, West Brom, West Ham, maybe. I, I just don't like any of these. Just I don't like up. the Battle of the Wests. Yeah. Weirdly, I think United versus Everton is one of the ones I trust more, just because I watched Everton last week, and I could not tell you where the goals would ever come from in that team. Uh, Sigurdsson did have a couple set pieces that looked dangerous, but nobody looked dangerous getting there. My assumption is it would be Michael Keane, but he's a center back. And if your best chances are coming from a center back, that probably doesn't give you a whole lot of hope in terms of attack. Um, but yeah, just just you could bench any of your defenders and it could be the right call this week. Yeah. Just just yeah. kind of believe in yourself. This is not a good week for this game. Go chalk and hope that they they write on the draw they write on the board. Yeah, I mean it's uh, really a huge fingers crossed situation. Uh, I mentioned the the Crystal Palace match in passing. I did want to talk to you quickly about that immediate fantasy impact of losing um, Frank De Boer and bringing in Roy Hodgson. But for me, because I'm kind of blindsiding you with this, for me the obvious thing that'll happen is all of the young players we were really excited about won't get minutes anymore. Mm-hmm. I, th- no, I think gone. this does irrevocable harm to uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and to Tim Fosumensa, who I think mm-hmm. will both immediately be replaced by older players on the team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, Hodgson is there for one reason and one reason only, to rectify this season and make sure that they stay up. There is no way that you know Crystal Palace is, is going to be a top six team and look, look to uh, you know European tournaments here. He's basically going to play. His goal is to get 17th or higher. Yeah, yeah. His goal is is to, is to yeah exactly, and basically stay afloat. So you're gonna see, uh, you're not gonna see the the, the Chung Young Lees and the Loftus Cheeks and the lo- Localos and the. I'm bad at pronouncing a lot of these names because <laughs> they're they're just not fantasy assets right now that you want anywhere on your team. And I'm basically you know, but you know you're gonna see a lot of Yuan Kabai. You're gonna see a lot of Scott. I missed an open net with a header. Oh Dan. my! He should have had a hat trick, like legitimately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that game was disgusting. They should have had more than one goal. But uh, Patrick Van Einhold is definitely going to be nodded on. I think you'll probably see a, a fair share of, of one player I think that could do very well in a Roy Hodgson system is a Jeffrey Schlupp. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's going to have a lot of fantasy value, but because he, he, he does qualify as a defender, you could see him maybe getting a little forward. Oh, if he, um, if he, if he just moves up to the wing, which is entirely mm-hmm. possible, yep. all of a sudden that's a lot of value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hodgson, the thing about Roy Hodgson, what I was reading is, he doesn't really have a defined style from that he brings in. He brings a st- he, the style of play he uses is based on the talent he's yeah, given. That's true. So it's going to be interesting to see what he what he does. Um, yeah, and for I those think, playing I, at home, the next four matches: Southampton, City, United, Chelsea. So yeah. you don't want to bring in any of the people we're talking about now. But again, just kind of keep an eye on them. Yeah, his job right now is to get three points from those four matches. Um, <laughs> Literally, like literally, he's got to win this. He's got to win Southampton to, or get to, three draws. <laughs> there you go, three draws, three times. Eleven defenders for Crystal Palace. Love it. Um, two goalies. Um, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't look good for Crystal Palace. It doesn't look good for Benteke. It doesn't look good for any other you know midfield option that you think you may have had. 
you know, I, I, I'm not a big punch. Jason Punch fan anymore. Kabai is, is who he is. He's not really an official game factor. I think mm. in other formats he could do well because I think he does some stuff on with the, with the corners and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bad news for crystal palace right now. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on this week, Kev, is mm-hmm. we have, we have some time to fill. Um, I, if you if you ever look at the transfer market and look just just go to your you know the official game screen click on you know defenders or midfielders and then bring in transfers in round it's always funny how the the most uh, transfers in for that you know that week are basically players who just you know shined out they they, they basically had we'll, we'll call it the chupa moting effect right now um, we're four <laughs> weeks in, we're 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 four weeks into this and. Um, Chupa Moting gets the name for it since he just did some good stuff and he's been brought in a uh, hundred and nine thousand times to date right now. Um, this 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 segment is called before we get into our own teams. Um, don't chase stupid points that already happened. Um, yeah. Don't happen in the past. It happens every single week with with fantasy. Um, you know, I just made a, a stupid little chart. Uh, week one, uh, Sam Vokes. Brought, scored two goals, mm-hmm. didn't do anything. Has five points since. Steve Mooney had two goals, hasn't done anything since. Uh, week two, everybody started jumping on the Hagazi train. What has he done since? Not One really much. Sheet? Yep. Okay. Chicharito, two goals in week two. Nothing <laughs> since then. Uh, Richarlson had a goal, scored 11 points, got three bonus points. What's he done since then? Nope. Besides clean sheets, nothing. Uh, week three, uh, it was all defensive, all defenders in week three. Kyle Norton and Kiko Firmino. Uh, they really didn't do much. I think for me, he got the clean sheet points. Yeah, he got a clean got sheet, but yeah. he was one. He was one of the bigger buys that we, you know, the most transferred in defenders. Mm-hmm. That and then last week we saw Chupa Moting and you know Pascal Gross get get you know get fantasy goodies. So I'm not saying don't be don't be a lemming. <laughs> Kevin, I say this all the time with Kevin when we're off the air, or maybe sometimes when I'm on the air. Listen, pass points are pass points. There's a reason that these guys came into this league at 6.0 and 5.5 and 4.5 um, because they're on teams that don't score goals. Yeah, Chupa Moting had two goals. Guess how many goals Stoke are going to score for the year? 40. He had two <laughs> goals in, in, in one game, and they're going to score 40 for the probably rest of the year. So, yeah, he had 8% of their goals in one game. Um, I'm bad at math, so I don't even know if that's correct. <laughs> but... But uh, but all I'm, all I'm telling everybody at home is yeah, it looks great to have you know the shiniest the shiniest tool on your on your t- team a week later, but they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it again. You know, right. don't be a fool and and waste a transfer on bringing in a guy who just, just did the something best like he might have. You know, I'm not throwing Decore into this because he's got two he's got two and a half weeks of goodness and he looks like a, a a burgeoning player here. I think he's one of the better players that's emerging from the Marco Silva Watford team. Mm-hmm. Um, basically what, from what I'm seeing, I think he's found a spot there. Um, so, you know, and he's kind of like a price dump at 5.2. So I'm not including a uh, decore. Um, but don't chase points, people listen, stick to, you know, our advice. Look what, look at the matchups, look at, look at some of the transfer, uh, you know, information that people do look at the other transfer sites that are out there. There's a ton, they're burgeoning. They give you great information. Don't just listen to one, listen to a couple, get multiple opinions. That's how that's how the world works. You don't just make an opinion based on one thing and just write an article about it. No, you look you look all over and you find the best thing that you possibly do, and then you form your own opinion. You know, so don't be one of the hundred and nine thousand people bringing in Chupa Moting because you think Stoke is going to do well against Newcastle this week. Because, in the end of the day, Stoke has Chelsea, Southampton, Man City after that. Um, so what are you going to do with Chupa Moting against three of the top four defenses? 
in the in the Premier League. Bench him, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and then wasted a chance for 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 hopes and aspirations for, for one week. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I think my uh, concise response to that would just be: don't pay for who was great last week. Look at who will be great this week. That, that almost rhymes, Kev. Don't pay for who was great. Dot dot dot. Last week. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, we usually talk about our teams here. Neither of us have made moves, though, yet, because as we told you, wait until we see what happens with these Champions League matches. And if you have Everton or Arsenal players, you should probably wait till Thursday before making any moves. But a question I have for you, because I, I had wild-carded, did not go my way. Uh, you did not. My question is, for those that have not wild-carded yet, when should they look to use it? Um, I think that you should probably look to wild-card... When your team looks like you need to wild card, um, if you're affected by injuries, so um, like if, you're, if you're ever feeling minus eight or worse, yeah, I think if you need to make three moves, you should wild card. Um, I'm personally, like you said, I didn't make a transfer last week. Um, I did pretty well. I, I landed on like 54 points, so I was a little bit better than average. Um, so I banked the two. Tra- I have two transfers in the bank. I'm basically this week gonna mini transfer. Which has been, you know, kind of blown up a little bit from my original thinking because of the Pogba injury. Um, so basically, I'm going to make three transfers, take a minus four, and get three players in for the, just the minus four. Then I'm going to take one week off. So I'm basically building my team for a two-week span here, and then the week game week seven fixtures is when I'm probably going to wild card because that's when I kind of want to buy into the the Harry Canes because the Champions League's off for two weeks. Um, I can go into United again if I want to because they have Crystal Palace in week seven. Um, Chelsea and Man City basically neutralize each other. So I think the ownership there will, will kind of wipe each other out. And Liverpool plays at Newcastle. So I think the three teams that I'm looking at to invest fully in in week seven, Spurs, United, and Liverpool, all have great, great matchups. So if you're holding on to your wild card right now, kind of kind of make weight and you know, do the best transfers you can to to make your team, you know, competitive until you can basically retool again. And like I'm like I'm going to do in week seven, only because the matchups there for the teams that I want to own, you know, from fantasy assets and especially from the midfielders and forward. You know, you want to own Harry Kane, you want to own Lukaku, you want to own, you know, Liverpool players through the midfield. You know, the Champions League will be off for a little bit, a little bit. We'll know if there's any injuries. We know we'll kind of get the rotation factors into into our head and, and know who's what and what's where. Um, but, yeah, so I'm looking at week seven currently to to transfer uh, to use my wild card. Mm. Cool. So yeah, uh, let us know if uh, you're trying to do it some other week. Love to hear from you guys on what you are considering doing at home. Uh, as for my uh, current team and captain options, just rolling out basically what I had last week. The only one I'm not a super huge fan of and wasn't a huge fan of bringing him in in the first place. Uh, who was I supposed to bring in? I was going to bring in somebody else and then couldn't because of an injury. I let's, go, who it was. let's go to the tape. <laughs> but I, I ended up with Phil Jones, which is not an inspiring pick. But United, as we said at the start of the season, even in the preseason, we both think are going to have the best defensive record this season. Certainly mm-hmm. have looked like that thus far. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I don't love him against Everton, but as I mentioned, Everton really aren't that scary thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Robbie Brady call kind of backfired last week, although he is top, top five in all of those stats. He was still top five in last week. Um, against Liverpool, they've looked decent at times. Um, Brady will be on um, either Trent, Arnig- uh, Trent, uh, bleh, Trent Arnold Alexander or Joe Gomez's side, which is the side you'd prefer because Alberto Moreno has actually looked decent. Um, but yeah, not a huge fan of that. 
Morata against Arsenal, their defense either shows up or it doesn't. Um, so it's either going to be they, either Chelsea aren't going to score, or they're going to score like three. Uh, I assume it will be the latter. Um, currently, uh, I'm going to put the captain's band on Firmino up against Burnley. Mm-hmm. If this had been at Turf Moor, I'd be much more shy of that selection. Um, but it's not. It's going to be obviously uh, at home for Liverpool. And the the one that I, is kind of the sneaky one that's just burrowing into my head is Ericsson against Swansea. Just because in my head, and I haven't looked up the stats on this, I, it feels like he's scored a lot against Swansea. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is obviously in terrific form. But again, need to wait on him until we see what happens tomorrow. Um, hopefully he can be spelled out. But against Dortmund, I think this is going to be about as full 11 as you'll see from Tottenham this season. And then we'll just kind of have to pick up the fantasy pieces from there. Yeah, uh, I, I'm completely waiting. Um, like I, I, I like your tout for Firmino. Firmino actually has the captain's band right now for me, but it's all dependent on what Liverpool does in tomo- in today's game. Um, you know, my transfers may dictate who I go with a with a captain as well. You know, Salah is looking very tasty. Um, I may go just go completely obtuse and go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, it's it's a wait and see. You know, kind of weak. Um, but don't forget. Rosters lock on Friday, somewhere yep. in the early afternoon, depending on where you live. Um, but don't forget, don't blame us because we yeah, don't want to hear. What time is that match? It's 8 p.m. there, so it'll lock at 7 p.m. UK, which is going to be 2 p.m. here in the States. Sounds like a deal. Such a deal. <laughs> yeah, so definitely keep that in mind. All right, uh, well, that'll do it for us today, Rob. Uh, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP, or you can find my writings on Razball.com. Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. You can find my writings over at Goal.com. Um, also, both of us do DFS content for VIPBet.com, which maybe uh, I'm not going to reveal it. We'll, we'll let you know over Twitter what's happening with that, but it, it may be something interesting this week. Uh, and then, obviously, we have a, a Fantrax DFS show as well. Um, both of those should be up by Thursday. All right. Thanks so much for joining me, Rob. It's always fun talking to you. It's always fun letting the folks know what they should do. <laughs> that sounded really ego trippy. And so now I'm just going to kind of stop talking. Best of luck to your teams this week, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.